1: Fellowship, this will be the last episode of 2022. Hey, hey. yeah, so we're uh, closing out the uh, the year and welcoming in the new year uh, next year with our next episode. Um, But today, uh, we want to talk about. So earlier this month, Coach. Deion Sanders. Deion
0: Sanders, yes.
1: I remember I have uh I have some I, re- I remember collecting cards of Deion Sanders. Yeah, it might be worth something, man. Well, they're not. It was in the <laughs> junk wax era, okay. so not, not a whole lot. But yeah. you know, he was a great great uh player back in Kenny and I's day. Yeah. And um now he is a coach. Uh
0: he was called Prime time. That's how good of a player he was. Was
1: it? Was he ever called Neon Dion? He it was, seems like I remember that.
0: He was called phrase. Neon Dion. Prime time. I mean, he's he's one of those people who's going to create nicknames for yes, himself. For man. himself. I yeah. mean, <laughs> I mean he definitely right. was a character. He was a character I mean? for sure.
1: It, he was a he was a character as a player. Like I yeah. remember that. And so he's been coaching the last. Uh, you know, a few years at Jackson State and he was a character as a coach. Yes, he was. I mean, yes. he was having fun and laughing and uh, all kinds of stuff. So anyway, so, so recently, uh, earlier this month, Coach Sanders left Jackson State to become the coach of the University of Colorado. Right? Right. And, and that's a pretty regular thing. You know, I'm a, I'm a college football fan. Kenny's a college football fan. Yes. Uh, Kenny's team made it to the playoffs this year. Michigan. Williams' team did not. Wolverines. We were just glad we were competing to <laughs> at least be in the conversation. Yes. Um, so so this happens regularly. Yes. Coaches move around. One coach goes to a different job, you know, different types of things. Um, so that that's pretty normal. But – with Coach Sanders leaving uh, Jackson State and going to Colorado, there's been some controversy over it, be, uh, particularly within the black community. Yeah. Because Jackson State is a historically black university. Yeah. HBCU, right? Right. And so that's what that was. It's in Jackson, Mississippi, historically black Uh, college. And so there were some in the, in the college community or in the, um, in the black community who had a problem with him leaving Jackson state and taking the Colorado job. And some of the issues that are kind of involved in this, in this discussion, um, can arise when we're striving for diversity and fellowship, even within the church. Yes. And so we wanted to kind of walk through some of these things and talk about some of these things, it gives us an opportunity to talk at least a little bit about some right. college football issues. Yes. But, but it also gives us a, a good opportunity to talk about some of these other things, which can be challenges that we're going to need to overcome. And so, Kenny, what are some of those issues?
0: Right. So, I mean, you have him leaving a, an HBCU to go to a majority white institution, right? And so the idea is that he's being a sellout for leaving this this historically black institution right. which has less resources for a majority white institution with more resources. Right. And then you have to kind of dig deeper within that and, and ask the question, well, why do, why do they have less resources? Well, right. I mean, because yeah. they're... They were historically established for African-Americans, for black people, because they couldn't go to the white institution. So you're, you're considered a, a sellout for for leaving this institution that was established particularly for you, because at one point you couldn't even go to right. the white institution. So now you're going to jump ship and go to this institution um, that because they have more resources. That's the perception mm-hmm. that people have is that okay. Well, this this historically black university cannot give you what this majority white institution can. So you're going to jump ship and just go to this this white institution.
1: Now let me let me ask you a question. Yeah. So um, this is kind of a college football question, but it relates. Yeah. What the conference? That um, Jackson State plays in, yes, is is it SWAC? Is that what's it's the SWAC? Yes, SWAC conference, right? Yes, and and is that made up of all HBCU yes. schools, right? Yes, and so they won the SWAC this year, right? And Undefeated, maybe yep. the last couple of years or whatever, yeah. And and is is some of the argument that you know he's brought such great attention to not just Jackson State, right, but like. Black black colleges HBCUs in, in general, in general, right, right? and so yeah. that would be part of it. Yeah. Okay. Right. Because I I've seen a lot of you know more. I don't I don't think before this year I would have known necessarily what the swack was. You know? Right. And so it's it's definitely been he's brought it to the foreground. People are talking about it. Yes. And I mean his teams have been dominant too. Right? Oh yeah. I mean, like right. They, he
0: and so that's kind of the you know kind of the next argument the the next issue that came up is that you know, he's using the black institution as a stepping stone for something greater. Right, yeah. Instead of trying to stay at Jackson State and put it on somewhat equal footing right. to a Colorado or, or the other Power Five schools, you right. decide to, to, you know, kind of build this this um, platform at the HBCU and then you leave there to go to some a place that already has a, a big platform. And so what that what that does is it creates this perception that the black institution is inferior. Like, um, well, we're only good enough for you to kind of start your career. Right. <laughs> we're not good enough for you to mm-hmm. to stay here. Mm-hmm. And then w- with that, it's this idea that, OK, since we're only using this as a stepping stone, we're going to sacrifice these black institutions for the pursuit of something better. Right. So because, like, as you were saying, because he's leaving Jackson State, they're going to most likely receive less exposure, right. more yeah. than likely receive less donations and uh, lesser yeah. recruits. And because he's leaving, he was able to draw those things in, to right. bring those things in, not only to Jackson State, but to some other uh, schools within the SWAC. Mm-hmm. And so now that's not going to happen because he's gone. Right. And so, you know, people look at that and say, hey, that's that's not a way to treat the HBCU. We're not inferior. We're we're not less than. So we, we can be a place for you to stay long term. It doesn't have to be uh, you. You kind of step on our backs to get to something greater. Right. Right. So is there.
1: Oh wait, so, so those are both negatives. Yes. Right. I mean, uh, but I mean, but is there a, a positive, right? I mean, is is yeah. is Neon Dion just the enemy in this story, <laughs> or is there a way that in which he can be, bring some positive to this?
0: Yeah. So w- when when I when I you know listen to the arguments or read the arguments on like uh, Facebook. Are as we like to talk, call it Black Facebook and Black Twitter. Right, like, that yes. there are different so, corners of social whole, media that a, that are not open it's like, to other like people. Baseball, <laughs> baseball card Twitter, yes, it's a whole different world, a whole different world, like, man, yes. a whole different world. So when you read about this, there are other people who are who counter these negative arguments, and 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 the first argument is simply, I mean, this man has the right to you know, advance himself of course, to, right. To move himself on. But in, in a greater sense, as, as far as the community is concerned, the black community is concerned, they would say he's able because Colorado has greater resources and he's able to have a greater impact in Colorado because he's has access to more resources and not just for, um, and, and even for black people. Like it's, it's not that you can't have an impact for black people, at Colorado, you, you 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 can do that at Jackson State, and you can do that at Colorado. And so I remember, you know, him doing an interview um, before he took this job and saying that he's already rich. <laughs> you know, him taking the right. Colorado, him yeah. taking another job. It's not about money, right? It's right. not yeah. necessarily going to change his his lifestyle. But he said his assistant his assi- assistant coaches, uh, okay, could actually make way more money right. by him taking a a mm-hmm. different job. And so. I mean, he has assistant coaches who are black. Right. And so he's able to change their lives. I mean, for generations, right? Cuz assistant coaches make a lot of money in yeah. in college football. And then if if he is successful, there's already a a, a lack of black coaches in in higher level football, yeah. whether that's um college or even mm-hmm. in NFL. If he's successful, then he's opened the door for other black coaches, right? to have more opportunities. And the then future, yeah. I mean most of the and the truth of the matter is when it comes to college athletics especially football uh, the majority of the players are, are African American. Yes. I mean it's just most most football teams are are made up of predominantly African American. Less so in in college than in um the yeah, NFL yeah. is mm-hmm. is pretty high African American. Right. So he's able to give them more exposure than they were getting at Jackson State. Yeah. And so people will say, no, this doesn't necessarily have to be looked at as a complete negative, as if he's leaving Jackson State and turned his back on the black community. Mm -hmm. He's still able to have a a great impact for the black community just with more resources at Colorado. Yeah.
1: But (laughs) I mean, like like here's where it gets difficult is like. Let's say he coaches at Colorado for three or four years, has some, you know, successful, does really, really well. And he starts pulling coaches from SWAC teams to be his assistants. Right. And then, you know, those assistants are getting hired away because that's what happens, right? Assistant coaches go get hired at other big schools to be. Head coaches, yes. I don't think swax the swack people are going to be real happy yeah. if he starts. No, we don't want to be a feeder system, right? To... <laughs> right. It's like he's he. They're yes. providing assistant coaches for oh. him, and then those assistant, which you know what it is. I mean, you see yeah. the difficulty there in that you want to say, yeah, but that's that's allowing more black. I mean, it's a you know it's allowing yeah. more black coaches to be at uh, division one schools, but but then you see the the other side of it is like, <laughs> yeah, but. <laughs> It's not necessarily helping all these swag no, schools who are losing their good coaches, yeah. you know, and so. But your hope is is that more and more coaches will be, then be coming up. I mean, that's right. the that's the thinking, that's right? The hope. There's always another coach to step in. Yes, uh, and that doesn't always happen. Quickly. I mean, again,
0: a lot of a lot of universities have to deal with that. Right. It's just um, the perception is that again you're less than, and you know, it, it's fine. <laughs> it's well, it seems to be fine when we're saying that about lower-level white schools, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. But when you're talking right.
0: about, uh, you know, a group of people who've, who've been told they're less than, the reason why their institution exists right. is because they were told that they're less than, and you're continuing to perpetuate right. that idea, then it, it becomes harder to to accept the fact that you're basically just a, a feeder system to the bigger places yeah, or, yeah. or the white, the white schools, mm-hmm. quote-unquote.
1: So how, you know, so, yeah, we're talking a lot about football. Yeah. How, how does all these issues, you know, how do these separate issues, how do they, how do we see those kind of arise when we start talking about diversity and fellowship, like particularly, you know, within the local church?
0: Yeah. I mean, I, in, in a lot of respects, it's uh, kind of almost exactly the same. So so you yeah. think about him leaving a black institution to go to a majority white institution, uh, minority pastors and, and and Christians can be viewed as sellouts for for leaving the quote unquote black church or their minority church, right? Uh, for going to a predominantly white church, even for the sake of diversity, right? Mm. It can be okay. Well, you're you're going to leave us to go to a place where there are greater physical resources, and that and that's usually the case. I mean, because of the history in our country, the the quote-unquote, white church has more <laughs> physical yeah. resources yeah. than the minority church. And so it it can be per, perceived that, okay, you're going to leave us to go to a place that has a bigger building, that has more money, that has better programming mm-hmm. instead of staying, you know, with us and try to build those things up. Mm. Yeah.
1: yeah. I, I mean, you feel that tension even, you know, within the – because you were, you were talking a moment ago about how – you know, kind of white, smaller white schools have kind of become feeder programs, you know. Yeah. For, well, I mean, it feels that way sometimes as a small church, right? Yes. A small church, we're just kind of feeder programs for the mega church, Right. right. All of our good uh, members, a lot of times, you know, will go, or even if you have members who are kind of, you're kind of raising up to be pastors or whatever, well, right. you can't hire them. Because you don't have the resources or the money to hire them, but they could go to the church, the mega church down the street and they could get hired yeah, as an
0: assistant as or a children's a children's guy right. or whatever. I'm serving free to be the children's minister of this small church, but right. this other church can hire me for forty thousand you know, yeah, I'm gonna right. run and, you know, yeah. I'm gonna and, go to
1: the other church. And so that does I mean there is that tension of yeah, you know, do I stay and do I help? Yeah. Or do I do I go and do I serve in these other places? And so uh, what I mean, are what other issues would you say? I mean, how else was? How else do you see this kind of overlapping?
0: Yeah, it's the you know, it's this idea of minority pastors using the being accused of using the minority church as a stepping stone for this bigger platform at a majority church. I mean, there is this you know reality that, um, as a minority pastor, if you're a good pastor, that leaving that church could very well harm that church, right, Right. in in some respects. And so it can be seen as, well, again, we're less than, where we are, you think that we're not good enough as this, this white church. And then, again, it goes back to why does the black church exist? Why does the minority churches exist? They exist because we were told already that we're less than, in the white church, right, and so to to sacrifice the the black church for the sake of going to a majority church or even a diverse church where the majority is still the majority, um, it can feel like that you're saying the black church is inferior. That mm-hmm. you're only they're only good as a starting point. They're not good to for you to stick around and persevere and try to build it up. To, um, what the majority church is, so we said that the, that the, you know those are both the
1: negatives. But yeah, I mean we said that in the positive, right? Yeah, but you have a greater impact. Is that is that
0: can that be true with? Can very well be true, right? You know, you have having greater resources can indeed mean that you can have a, a greater impact, and so like it doesn't mean that because you you know you are striving for diversity and fellowship and you decide to either merge with a majority church as we've done or to right. or to partner in some way with the majority church in order to, you know, strive for unity within the body of Christ. It does not mean that you still can't serve in the minority community, right? Or that you can't um, help other minority brothers and sisters um, have better impact within their communities. Right. Because you're gonna have resources for them to get training. You can have resource more opportunities for them to serve and to and to grow in their ability to, you know, to reach their communities. And so right. that that can be again that positive, just like with, you know, leaving a black institution and go to a uh, a majority institution with more resources, that there mm-hmm. definitely can be um, greater impact with their greater resources can be right, yeah. yeah. So, how do we? I mean, how do you, if we're,
1: if we're thinking through all this and we're thinking through it at diversity and fellowship lines, I mean, how do we respond to that? I mean, because yeah. there's some, I mean, you have to recognize there's some pretty serious landmines. I mean, there's some, yes. there's some I mean, I think the people in the black church, like. It comes when we refer to the black church like it's an institution. Like, yeah. like, there are people there. Yes, people in the black church could view diversity and fellowship, multi ethnic churches as the enemy. Yes, I'm um, and, and and actually right. feel very threatened. Maybe not as the enemy, but like, yeah, but feel threatened because well, they're going to come in and grab if we if we have a if we find a great pastor, you know, the big the multi ethnic church may come in and try to grab them or try to. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or at, at least if you say. Even if it's not, you know, you say, well, definitely you feel that way with the mega church, you know, yes. the the mega white church where they're going to have staff and resources and and all that kind of stuff. And so, right, how do we think through that? I mean, because because then the other option is is okay, well, we'll just stay, stay segregated, tra- yeah, right? White churches and black churches. Yeah, but that's as <laughs> everything the podcast is trying to fight against. Yeah, so you so just ha- shut down the podcast. <laughs> we <where you, laughs> forget it. <You laughs> we know, just
0: decided that it's not going to work out. It's not going to so. work, right? No. Uh, so yeah. I think that we have to. We're getting a very important phone call at this moment, so um, yeah, we're, we go. we're good. We're, we're good. good now. But yes, uh, we we do have to think through how our efforts at diversity and fellowship will affect others, especially when it comes to those minority churches and their communities. I mean, we we've talked about. Um, I think when we we've talked about integration and segregation and those things. How when when integration actually came when it came to the schools? How a lot of the black teachers weren't well, and that's even in our in our town that we're in. Right. Like yes. a lot of the black right. teachers weren't weren't hired to be a part of those integrated schools. Right, and a lot of the black schools weren't being used as as um, as school system. <laughs> you know, they they right. were being used. Right in other ways. And so now you have a negative effect on the black community because right. now these black teachers who are professionals have to leave mm. and you've hurt that community. I think that's the same thing in the church. The church has to think through uh, how, how our efforts for diversity and fellowship, how are they going to affect others? Yeah. Um, let, let's make sure that we're staying active in this minority community. Let's make sure that we're still doing, doing um, service projects and, and still reaching people with the gospel in that minority community, and not just you know turning our backs from it.
1: Well, I mean that's one of the things that we wrestled with. I mean, yeah, location matters. It does. I mean, that was one of the things that we talked about because Trinity, you know, had this building out on the West End or out away from the West End that you Furthers know, further the away from the West End, about as far you as you can could get, get and still be in the city yes. limits. You know. And yet, you know, it was a good resource and it was, you know, we could meet there and, and all that kind of, but, but I think almost from day one, yeah, you know, looking back, it was almost, we, we kind of communicated we're out of, we're out of the community. Right. You know? And so that became a, I mean, that was, you know, one of the reasons why we sold that building and did some of the different things that we've done is because we just realized location does matter. It does matter. It, it communic- communicates something. It does communicate something. Right. You know, and so, um, so what what else can we do to try to try to respond to these issues?
0: Yeah, so uh, you know, not just thinking through how it will affect others in in the church and the community, but thinking through how others will perceive your efforts of diversity and fellowship. Like some sometimes how people think about things will affect how those things will go. But I will also say right that with that Don't realize that there's going to be some people who have something negative to say no matter what you do. That's right. Yeah. So I would say listen to what people are saying and and then check your motives with Mm. God's word. So if people are saying you are a sellout because you're leaving this place with lesser resources and for more resources then you need to actually check yourself to see: Okay, am I leaving right. <laughs> this minority church yeah. so that I can get a bigger payday, or mm-hmm. or I can have a, a bigger platform, or, right. or or whatnot? You need to actually check yourself to see if that public perception is actually true of you. Mm-hmm. And I would say check yourself with God's word and 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 follow that above any public perception, whether it's good or bad, because there are going to be people who patting you on the back too. Mm-hmm. And making you think that you're doing something good when in all actuality you could be doing something that's against the word of God. And right. so you you have to be able to check your motives with what God is saying versus what the public is saying. Not necessarily just completely ignoring what the public <laughs> is saying. Right, right, but, right. But be willing to um, um, check, to mm-hmm. examine yourself to make sure that what you are doing is, is pure. Right.
1: Yeah, and I th- I mean that was one of the things that I mean I remember having a conversation with you about when we first merged, you you, you making the statement and I thought it was odd at the time. I was like, "What?" <laughs> like we were talking about salaries and yeah. you know, working on the budget and doing all this kinds of stuff and you were like, "It's very important to me that my salary doesn't go up." Yes. And there were some other factors in there, but right. I'm like, "What?" You know, I'm like, yes. I don't, you know, but you saying to me when I asked you, "Okay, well what, you know, why is that?" you saying because of the way the public will perceive it. Right. You know, the way it could be perceived yes. is that, oh, Kenny just wanted to merge, you know, with right. this church so that he could get a bigger salary or whatever. Yes. And so I just, that was, that probably wasn't on my radar. You know, yeah. I wasn't even thinking about that. But, but I at that point I was like, oh, okay. I see what I, so I, I do think there is, and you know, looking back or e- even then I realized there is wisdom in that. Right. So that the community is not like, Oh, this is just a power play for Kenny or
0: he's just trying to make more money or whatever. Right. So, um, so I mean, the good thing about, you know, being in Sykeston was my platform wasn't going to change one way or the other. So, (laughs) so, you know, but you know, as far as salary, especially in, in a community where the prosperity gospel is, yes, is, um, Mm -hmm. unfortunately uh, unfortunately, spreads like wildfire. Mm -hmm. I've, I didn't want that perception to be out there because I know, again, people won't say that to me because I mean I, I do believe the black community has a greater respect for pastors than the right. white community, yes. so they're not going to say that to me, mm-hmm. but they will murmur it to other people, and, yeah, and right. it, it could get back to me. So I, I wanted to be able to say that's not true right. because I could show you that that's it's right. not true. <laughs> Here's what I made last year. Here's right. what I made this year. Yes. Right? So you know. right. Unfortunately, our salaries
1: are public. So yes, just how they are. We we'll could show you that. Yes. Um, so what? What else? I mean, is there are there other things that we can do to try to,
0: yeah, work, work through this? You know, when we talk about lesser resources and greater resources, I think that we we need to acknowledge and realize that the spiritual reality is different from the physical reality because you can have more money, you can have bigger buildings, you can have more people to serve and all those things, but that will not necessarily lead to greater impact. And, and what I've learned is they can actually be a hindrance. Sure. Yeah, right. Right. I mean, Biggie. And I know most of y'all listen to Biggie. Biggie? Wow. <laughs> Back in the day. Are we, now, quoting, are we quoting Biggie on the Biggie. podcast? More money, more problems, more right? More money, more, more problems. More money, more problems. So uh, don't not, go listen to Biggie because I said- Did say, not have you know, that on I want to be a stumbling block to anybody. So no. that we were going to quote Biggie, but <laughs> right. is, right? More money, more problems. Bigger building, more things to fix, right? right. More people, uh, more issues. And so just because you have more or something doesn't mean that- you're gonna have greater impact um, don't mm-hmm. just assume the greater is the best, so yeah you know you're thinking about let's say you merged like we did and we you shouldn't necessarily jump to the conclusion that meeting at the bigger building is going to be best for your ministry yeah or if you're gonna have a meal with another church, don't assume that mm-hmm. the bigger building is necessarily the best for. Right for spiritually physically yeah. it may very well be the best because yeah. it's more comfortable you got more space yeah. you can do more things but right. but as far as spiritually or impact in the community it may not necessarily be the best mm. because yeah it what it what it communicates and sometimes and we know this from just reality I mean the church mm. needs to be uncomfortable we can sometimes yeah, that's a good point <laughs> make yeah. an idol out of our comfort yeah and mm-hmm. s- and so I-, I would just say, don't assume that the greater is always the best. Yeah, that's yeah. good. That's good. What else would you say, brother?
1: Well, I mean, you know, you you don't want to sacrifice diversity and fellowship for the sake of just preserving a tradition. Yes, you know, which which you know, with our merge, I mean, that was a that was part of our you know part of something that the the majority church had to wrestle with. You right, know, it was like, hey, we maybe we need to sacrifice some of those traditions. Yeah. You know, maybe some of those traditions. Are actually in the way of right. what we what we want to do, and so um, I think I think both those in the majority and in the minority have to. I mean, we're, we're always trying to see like, are we holding on to this because it's biblical, or what? are we holding on to this because it's you know what we've always done, or it's you know it's it's a tradition in 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 our group or whatever, and so I I think we um I think we have to be willing to walk away from that, you yeah. know. And 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 we understand. I mean, it, like like there is a, uh, there is a, there is a history of the white church. And some of that's pretty ugly and rough, right? Right. There is a history of the African American church. Yes. Right? And so, there there is a sense in which we want to preserve some of that. Right. But I think my hope is that, from from the ashes of s- certain struggles and difficulties and stuff. Can arise actually a history of a multi ethnic church, right? Amen. I mean the history of a diverse church. Yes. And 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 we can pull from the good things of those other two traditions, you right? Know, I struggle to... I'm still trying to figure out what are the good things from the white majority <laughs> tradition, but um, but you know we can pull pull good things from those traditions, celebrate those histories uh, to to some degree, right? Right. Um, and, and yet still move forward with new history and new traditions. Right. So I, I think that's important and um, challenging. Yeah. I mean, there are still some minefields there, but uh, right. still some mines to avoid, but, but hopefully hopefully uh, something worth
0: pursuing, right? Yeah. We, we didn't want to uh, – we, we want to communicate that we are when – we, when we're striving for diversity and fellowship, we are working towards something better. <laughs> like that, that is clearly better because it's biblical. Right, I, and, and so to remain segregated for the sake of honoring history or honoring traditions. And, you know, I, I have to say I'm not one of those people who hold firmly to traditions. So I try, I have to, <laughs> I have to be lead with grace with those who are more, right. more, uh, yeah. more in tune with that stuff. But, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think that we can make those, those histories and traditions
1: idols. Yeah. And we
0: can keep from progressing forward because we're, we're we're worried about the historical mm. um, narrative versus what are we communicating about Christ in yeah. the church? We got to think about what Jesus did. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like that's right. uh, like Ephesians two said, Jesus abolished the law right. with all his traditions and mm-hmm. stuff. Tore down and the he wall tore, of hostility. Yes, yeah. mm-hmm. he he tore down the temple. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> right. right. Mm-hmm. Yes, he cleansed he cleansed the temple because the Jews were in the Gentile court selling stuff like Jesus. Right. Did not care about those, that historical and those those traditional narratives. He Mm. wanted us to be one. And so we are definitely working towards something better, even if we have to sacrifice and compromise on those traditions.
1: Yeah, good, good stuff. All right, so uh, crazy question for today, the last crazy question for 2022. So we've talked about uh, primetime and his job uh, so Kenny, what what job would you want if you were not a pastor?
0: Yeah. So um, I was kind of mad when I realized that this was an option for me. I didn't know that coming out of high school that I could have been like an FBI agent and, I, and not just any FBI agent. Like I wanted to be the guy who who profiles the criminal. Oh, we don't know who's doing the serial killing and whatnot, but Mm -hmm. we have these clues. And so I'm going to look at the clues and I'm going to piece together what this person's mindset is and what this person could possibly look like and what his motives are and all those different things. Like I it to be. So one you of wanna those guys. you wanna kinda
1: build the here's what we're looking for guy? Yes. Or, do you want to be, be the guy that, that goes guy. out and arrest you don't oh, no, wanna be like, I ain't like, got no, no, no. no time. <laughs> I don't wanna look
0: at blood. I don't wanna <laughs> no, do no, none of do that stuff. That. Y'all you, can tell me about all that you stuff. You wanna <laughs> right. hand that over. You <laughs> right. wanna do the work and be like this is the guy <laughs> yeah. you're this is the this kind is of guy. This is guy you're looking for, right? Nice. I ain't gotta be all involved in all that stuff. There's gotta be a term for that. Is there a term I think it's the profiler.
1: Profiler.
0: Yes. The FBI profile. Wow, it's very specific. Very specific, man. I'm telling you. Like I miss my calling in in the secular world because nobody told me that these fbi jobs were options for me so yeah that's good i didn't think through it what about you brother
1: i I think i would have been a teacher which is which is kind of a cop-out right but but i i just enjoy trying to communicate information and, and encourage people and so, if you want specificity, I think I would have been a high school history teacher. Yes. Right, because everybody loves their high school history teacher, right. and my only goal would be to at least try to make kids enjoy history at least a little bit. Yes. Right, and then and then probably along with that, I would have been a basketball coach. All right, I, you know I just I like, mean history teachers are basketball coaches. That's that they they go together. Yes. But but I would you know I really. I would actually enjoy the classroom. A lot of basketball coaches don't necessarily enjoy the classroom. Yeah, that's right. just kind of something they they're, have to they're,
0: do. They're basketball coaches who First. teach history yes. versus history teachers yes. who are basketball yes, yes, coaches, yes, yes. Right. So
1: I I would want to, you know, try to try to do well at, at at both. But I but I really enjoy the idea of kind of sharing information with people that maybe they're not they don't know or whatever and they're like, "Wow, that's cool or that's exciting." And trying to sell people on that kind of stuff. So I think that'd be fun. And I like basketball cuz it's fun to play. Yeah. But well, cool. Hopefully that uh, conversation will help you. We really appreciate you guys listening to us in 2022. And uh, we hope you have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And we will catch up with you in 2023. God bless you. Thanks so much for listening to the Diversity and Fellowship podcast. If you want to join the discussion, please send us your questions and your comments to Fellowship at gmail.com. That's diversityandfellowship at
0: gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Until next time, keep laboring by God's grace to be a faithful display of how the power of the gospel unites us in Christ.